This podcast is proudly supported by Drama Victoria. Hello and welcome to The Aside, a podcast for drama teachers and students. This is a script tease episode where we talk through some of the world's greatest plays, jump through the major plot points, give some background, and of course, spoil the endings. All in less than five minutes. We do the hard work so you can do the easy listening. Today we do Arcadia by Tom Stoppard, written in 1993. Why is it called that? Arcadia is a word meaning a place of peace and simplicity, or utopia, named after a mountainous region in ancient Greece. Arcadians are depicted as living a natural lifestyle that has been lost with the dawn of modern civilization. The play is set in the same estate 160 years apart, the first in 1809 and the second in 1993, or present day. The estate is owned by the Lord and Lady Croom in both instances, just different people with that name who are related. We start in 1809 with the teacher Septimus who is tutoring Thomasina, a 13-year-old girl who is very clever, who is also mature and articulate. She has heard a rumour and wants to know what a carnal embrace is. She heard a local poet's wife had one in the gazebo with another man. As Septimus changes the subject, in comes Mr. Chater, who challenges Septimus to a duel. It seems Septimus was the man in the gazebo. Septimus manages to avoid this by complimenting Chater's poetry. They return to their studies as Thomasina shows inherent understanding of Newton's law of motion, but expressing it through an analogy of jam and rice pudding. The gardener in charge of updating the gardens enters. His name is Noakes. He is going to make the manicured garden into something wilder and more romantic. In comes Lady Croom and Captain Bryce, her brother. She is not a fan of the new designs and thinks it takes away from the Arcadia that they have, the gorgeous gardens, which she loves. Jump to present day, and we meet Hannah, who is researching a man that they call the Sidely Hermit, a man who lived in the gardens and scrawled mathematical equations on the walls of the shed. Chloe Coverley, daughter of current Lord and Lady, lets in Bernard, a critic and scholar who has a new theory about a man named Shater. Valentine, Chloe's brother, is also there looking at the grouse population. Grouse are birds, by the way. Bernard believes that Lord Byron, who stayed at Sidley Park, once shot and killed Shater in a duel for sleeping with his wife. Back in 1809, Septimus is tutoring Thomasina in Latin. They discuss the loss of the Library of Alexandria, which Thomasina mourns and Septimus dismisses as irrelevant because all lost knowledge will eventually be found. Chater comes into the room, furious with Septimus, because this time he has learned from Lord Byron that Septimus wrote a negative review of his poetry. It's back to the 1990s, and we see Hannah with Thomasina's mathematical notes, and they showcase her understanding of advanced mathematical concepts, ideas that would not be discovered for more than a hundred years. Valentina thinks they are merely scribblings and do not show understanding. Bernard continues with his theory about Byron and Chater through lecture. They are not convinced, and an argument about science erupts. Hannah starts to wonder if the hermit was Septimus. In 1809, we discover no duel ever happened. Mrs. Shater was kicked out by Lord Croom for sleeping with Byron. Lady Croom chastises Septimus for the letters he left on the off chance that he died in the duel. A love letter for Lady Croom and a letter to Thomasina about heat and rice pudding. The last scene is a split across 1812 and 1990s and moves fluidly. The modern characters are in period costumes for a ball that is happening. Chloe mentions that Thomasina died in a fire just before her 17th birthday. Valentine says he thinks Thomasina may well have discovered an algorithm that would have made her world famous. Chloe and her brother disagree about determinism as sex is something no one can predict. 
similar to Thomasina's views that people in heat disrupt the order of things. Thomasina creeps out of her bedroom and asks Septimus to teach her a waltz before she is 17. She even kisses him as a down payment. They discuss the second law of thermodynamics. It is also found that Shater dies from a monkey bite in 1810 and couldn't have been killed by Byron, ruining Bernard's theory. He has just gone public with it and has gotten some fame, so he's not happy. At the same time, Septimus, Hannah and Valentine study the same diagram by Thomasina, one in 1809 and the other in 1993. She was clearly very clever and understood complex concepts almost intuitively. Bernard is caught having sex with Chloe and is forced to depart. Chloe is devastated, having fallen in love with Bernard. Thomasina begs Septimus to teach her to dance, and they do so fluently. They kiss, having clearly fallen in love. Gus, a silent character that appears in both timelines, shows Chloe and Valentine a picture Thomasina drew of Septimus with a tortoise named Plautus. This shows that Septimus really was the hermit. He went crazy after Thomasina dies and devotes himself to proving her theories true. The play ends with Thomasina and Septimus dancing on the night of her death, and Gus and Hannah dance as well. Thomasina carries her candle to bed. The candle that will cause the fire and her death. If you didn't know the play before, you do now, a bit. If you like the sound of it, have a read. That was Scriptease. Remember, this was just our version of the play's story, highlighting the bits that we think are important. You may also have your favourite bits and moments you want to mention. If you do, please leave a comment on SoundCloud or Facebook. We'd love to hear from you. That is all from us at The Aside, and this episode of Scriptease. There are a load of episodes in the bank, including more Scriptease episodes and over 200 episodes of The Aside. If you'd like to ask us a question, do not hesitate to do so at asidepodcast at outlook.com. Thank you to Eltham College for letting us record here, to Aaron Searle for providing the music, to Drama Victoria for their ongoing support, and of course, thank you for listening. <laughs>